Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and I am so very, very excited for today's podcast because pizza is one of my favorite things in the entire world. In fact, I think when God was creating Earth, like he had a conversation with mankind and he was like, you know, there's going to be a lot of bad stuff that happens, but I got this thing called pizza. That's going to cancel a lot of the bad stuff out. OK. And humanity was OK with that. We were OK. And to talk about pizza tonight, I have three of the experts in Omaha, Nick Strawhecker of Dante. Matt Frampton of Urban Slicer Pizza Company, and David Lasole of Virtuoso Pizzeria. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you, sir. Thank you for all coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Bravo. Okay, so to get started, I would love for each of you guys to kind of introduce yourself individually. Um, just talk about, maybe give me a one or two uh, sentence synopsis about your restaurant and business the style of pizza you create, and what drew you to that style. We'll start with you, Nick. Okay. Uh, Nick Strawhecker, Dante, uh, let's see, we've been doing it for 14 years. We're in year 14 uh, or 15. Uh, either way, we started in 2009. Uh, we do Neapolitan pizza. Um, what drew me to Neapolitan pizza was um, going to the roots of what pizza is. I'm Italian. Um, my people are from Sicily. They're from Lentini. His people are from Carlentini. And uh, so I wanted to go back to my Italian roots. Uh, spent time in Italy as a child eating Neapolitan-style pizza. Um, and we opened at the beginning of the, of the Neapolitan pizza trend in you know 2009, like I said. But that started kind of in this country in 2007. I wanted to do something different in Omaha that hadn't been done before. So we moved back to Omaha to open Dante. Bravo. Grazie. Uh, Matt Frampton with Urban Slicer Pizza Works. I'm a little bit different than these two who have restaurants. Uh, my company, we sell products, um, uh, pizza dough mixes and sauces and seasonings. We're in stores like Shields and Hy-Vee, Ace Hardware Nationwide. Um, started the company in June 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, I've been competing in barbecue for about oh, 18 years. This is our 18th season. My buddy Logan over here. And... Um, and uh, it just kind of led to making pizza in the backyard. And so uh, uh, we took that angle. But I'm tremendously honored up here when I cook pizza in my backyard and I'm doing Neapolitan style. And I get someone tells me that it tastes like Dante. It's like the greatest compliment ever when I'm doing New York style. If someone says it tastes like virtuoso, it's like the greatest compliment ever for me. So both thank you. Um, Feeling lucky to be on stage with both of these guys. I just want to throw in a quick plug for Matt here. As someone who cannot cook at all, to be able to just have a shelf-stable product that all I have to do is add water to and I can make pizzas that are of restaurant quality, it's unbelievable. There's nothing like this product that I've ever seen on the market. So that's just my personal recommendation for whatever that's worth. David, who who are you? (laughs) Sometimes I ask myself that, but um, I'm David Lasoli from Virtuoso Pizzeria. We started our pizzeria in 2017 after I got back from my, uh, Vegas and eating some really good Neapolitan pizza. And I was like, who has some good pizza up here? And I found Dante. And I was like, wow, we only got really like one good pizzeria that I legit, I feel. And so I was like, I could probably do that. And we just went in Benson and we do New York slices and whole pies and family run my wife my son and myself it's 
<laughs> I don't have quite the story of these guys, but you have, I mean, I have passion. That's what I, I love to do. So, you know, I get paid to make pizza. That's pretty cool. That's so I tell my kid, I'm like, people pay us to make pizza. That's pretty awesome. So that's that is very pretty cool. much it. Uh, I want to kick off with a few statistics to just show how beloved pizza is. Americans eat 350 slices of pizza every second, to which we are helping to that statistic tonight. Uh, 93% of Americans eat pizza at least once per month. Why that number is not higher, I don't really understand. Who That 7% just baffles me. And 13% of the U.S. population eats pizza on any given night. So about one out of every eight people in America is eating pizza for dinner every night, which is pretty incredible. Now, you guys have you delved into this a little bit, but I want to go a little bit deeper. You three have really dedicated your lives to pizza. Nick, a, a little bit less so for you because Dante has wood-fired entrees and pasta as well. But pizza is, you know... It's a bread and butter. It's a very important part of Dante's yeah. DNA. What is it about pizza that makes you guys so passionate? Just the product itself. I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say pizza is one of the most universal foods and also one that you have to have dialed in to every day. You know, the dough, the dough prep is important. If, if you don't have good dough prep, you know, that's the undercarriage for your pizza and then top it with quality. So for me, it's just about, you know, we took an oath, right? Like to keep a certain, <laughs> certain, you know, tomato and cheese and all that. So I like to honor the old school way. Yeah, I, I definitely don't honor the old school way, the same way these guys do. But I mean, I, I do try to respect the craft in a way that I'm I'm trying to bring pizza to uh, to the home. You know, That's to the make, best. Make it a, make it at their house. And I say this about Matt, and Matt doesn't like it, but it's it's like one of the best products ever. And it's it's basically the Betty Crocker of pizza. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to make a formula way yet. Have it have the room going the right. You know, and then go. Okay, everything's perfect. Let's let's make some dough. You know, this guy, boom, water done. Yeah, you should still let it probably sit in the refrigerator for. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you could still let it ferment a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's anything yeah. to make it better. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yep. G generally speaking, for me, pizza is just something that brings people together. And coming from the barbecue world, which is also a food that brings people together, um, it was just really natural for me to get involved in that. I love to entertain in my home, and uh, and I love to cook. So, um, and I think you nailed it with all the statistics. I mean, pizza is the number one food group in the in the world. Tacos are on the way, though. Tacos. They are. Uh, I read an article uh, this weekend, actually. What's your favorite? <clears throat> which is kind of interesting, but tacos are taking over. What? What? Why do I think it's? What do I love about pizza? Yeah, what what makes you so passionate? And you talked about this a little bit, just having it growing up, but oh, is yeah. there anything else that oh, yeah. makes pizza a part of your DNA? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. So uh, for, for Neapolitan pizza, I think it's hard to have a dish, and I, can, I consider a margarita pizza a dish, just like a, um, a like bolognese. If you, eat a for, if you eat a pizza, a margarita pizza with a fork and knife, try that sometime. It becomes a different. It becomes a different thing than uh, a pizza out of the box that you're grabbing. Actually, it's like it, pasta marinara, right? It just, it just becomes more of a dish. So try that sometime, maybe. And think about a margarita pizza. So you have tomato sauce, acidity, right? You have the mozzarella, which is kind of the base, kind of the just kind of the middle part that you know the stabilizer, the dough holds it all together. The ground padano, the salt, the olive oil. Uh, also helps has it has its little bit the basil in a margarita pizza, but there's many 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 different ways to do a mar margarita pizza. So we do it the way that we do it at Dante, which is it's our way of doing it. It's fine, um, and I, I I I really love it. And I think that cooking with wood, and I'll, I'll I'll think to myself when I'm when I'm when I'm working the oven at the restaurant, it's the purest thing that I can do in my life is, is cooking in a wood oven because I feel like it can go, you go back to, you know, you can go back many, 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 many generations. A wood oven has been perfected over thousands of years. I mean, they found a wood oven just like the one that I have in Pompeii, for example. So I, I feel like it's a, it's almost like a, a time machine to go back to my roots in Sicily. It's a primal. It's very, very primal. I love fire. It's like watching a campfire. It's like when you watch it, is. when you put it up, right? And, yeah. um, so when you guys are having pizza, like what is the, what, what do you f define as great pizza? Like what is it about a pizza when you bite into it makes you go, damn, that is good pizza. 
I mean, the crust is always the first thing that yeah. you're looking at, right? Yeah. Um, because anybody can put tomato sauce and cheese on something. So you're always looking at the dough first. Um, I want a little flavor. I want some crunch, mm-hmm. a little chew. They don't like taste a little love in there. Yeah. Almost like a sourdoughy texture. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want necessarily like bread. Yeah. I don't like, so Neapolitan is what, 18 hour dough, right? Generally or. Ours is ready on the third day. Third, well, you make it, you do your starter, throw it in the bulk ferment, 18 hours. Giving away all his secrets, man. <laughs> yeah. We got a room team. Well, the Mark Flounder. How many of those water? One, uh, one for Dante, three. two, three, and four. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, three is the optimal. Three is optimal. I think we both already agreed on three days being optimal for pizza. You know? Yeah. I think the dough I brought you today was actually four days, but good. How, how long? Yeah, I like the fifth day, too. Oh, man. Well, I mean, we haven't always been busy. We've been very fortunate in the past few years, but I mean, there. I mean, years ago, we'd sit on dough for six, seven, eight days. Yes, um, because there was no business. I mean, it 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 starts to. What happens is the dough starts to kind of it 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 degrades on day six. Yeah, right? loses, it loses it loses rhyme. It, it it breaks apart and it starts to like. I think day six is pretty good. It tastes it'll taste a lot better. Yeah, you really get the fermentation. Yeah. I, I teach classes, uh, barbecue and pizza classes as well. And I, At Metro? Uh, no, just private. Um, <laughs> Where he last? Just, this is a great call. That's there. a great call. Cool. Cool. Like, yeah. I, 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 I just thought you were being facetious because like, yeah. they don't own pizza program. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but so having done barbecue for so long, I, I, I use this analogy. I say just like smoke is a flavor in barbecue, time is a flavor in making dough. Awesome. And uh, it really does change the characteristics of the dough each passing day, but I've found, yeah, about a week, it it's starts to degrade. I've gone 14. Oh, no way. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Really? Yeah. Well, the longest I've gone. Boozy. 20 days. Yeah. 20 long days. 20 days? Yeah. Well, that's Straight right. sour dough. Oh, yeah, that's it was, crazy. It was Holy like cow. on the edge. No rise at all, but flavor, you know. Yeah. I ate it. I was like, I want you serve it. But, right. You know, it was edible after 29 days. That's insane. But you got to keep the air out of it and keep it, you know, yeah. in a cool place. And safe. Yeah. yeah. So or five is probably best. I love that you guys, when I asked that question, gravitated towards dough because I would agree. That's kind of you I don't think you can have a great pizza without a great dough. And it's it's amazing because every style of pizza has like these unique characteristics to it. Like a New York style pizza is vastly different than a deep dish that you might make, Matt, or than obviously than a Neapolitan. And there are different recipes that you have to use, different ferments, different cook times, all these different things to create these unique doughs. How did you guys, when you were originally creating your product and figure out this is going to be Dante's dough, this is going to be the virtuoso dough that we use, what was your process? How, how did you figure out what that was going to look like? I cried in the walk-in cooler first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly... Uh, huh. I mean, I guess, I mean, there's a base. Yeah. Tell it. I mean, we had issues. I had issues. I, I, I just came off construction, right? I was in construction oh, mode building. So I, I had five weeks to open our pizzeria. I went to the pizza expo. I was working at the solo meal, my family restaurant that was like, I'm going to go on my own. And they were like five weeks. You can not tell you have to start paying rent and doing everything. And we basically went from construction mode on a Wednesday to a Thursday trying to make dough and figure it out going into like a BFF, which is a Benson first Friday. My wife's telling me, uh, what are we going to do? You got no menu, nothing, no, no chairs inside the place, no vent. So we got this window was to sell out the window and I made some dough and it was all trash. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw it right in the trash. My son looked at me and I was like, okay, we're, we're not serving that dough. And I think after I just calmed down and got in the kitchen and messed up a few batches and you know, New York recipe, there's kind of like a baseline for it. And then you go to your flavor, you know, your browning agent could be one of three things or more. And, you know, I don't like sugar, so I don't put that in there. But, um, you know, you just, you find your flavor profile, the salt content, how much oil, and then you, you just start working with it. And then I think if you looked at my pizza from my first time I made it, and I thought, oh, man, this is, this is great pizza, right? It's, it was lousy looking, you know, like, Six year ago pizza to what I make today is like, okay, got it a little more dialed in on that oven. And, you know, I went from a gas oven to an all electric oven and, you know, there's different dimensions inside there. And 
you know, cooking in like Nick, he's got a wood fired oven. It's going to be what, 900 at least somewhere in that range. And his pizza and his bottom is going to recover quicker. It's a dome rolling off there and he, he burns a fire in spots and like creates hot spots. Whereas when we, we fire our oven up, we have like a spot, a spot, a spot, a spot. And when you land it, you steal from that spot. So you got to let it recover. And that's why some people are like, why don't we have pizza faster? You know, cause pizza's not instant. We're still pretty quick, you know, but there's no instant pizza anywhere. I mean, you can make instant dough, you know, but you still got to let it ferment for good flavor. Yep. You know, so it's just like, what do you want to cut out? Yeah. Any pizza worth a darn takes some time and love yeah. until you get that finished product. You know, it's, it's hours at least, if not days. Yeah. 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 You can wreck a whole, you know, if your cooler goes out, which I just had happen, a little vent went out or a little uh, outlet went out and, you know, you lose product and then you're like, how do you recover from that? You know, you just, you have to just keep moving, you know, so you lose all that time. Good times. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Garrett. Shout out to Garrett for cooking pizzas today. Shout out yes. to Garrett. Thanks. Garrett for Garrett. Yes. So my my issue was, um, God. And as you're telling your story, like my heart's like beating. Like oh my god. Like I'm like I'm there with. You. Like yeah. it's like because it's like such a bad situation when uh, a opening a restaurant is the scariest. Uh, I mean, um, and so we had a we had an issue. Garrett, we had an issue at the restaurant three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. We haven't had an issue like this in 12, 13 years, maybe. A long time, longer than I can, I mean, honestly, I can't remember. So our guy, Jaime, who Dan knows. He's um, awesome. Jaime, Jaime's like arguably makes more pizzas than anybody at all. I mean, he's our, he's our main pizza guy. And I, I mean, there's a lot, and there's a lot, but he's the first guy I hired uh, in 2009. And he was, a, I hired him as a dishwasher. He washed dishes for six months. We trained him how to do pizza, right? Um, and now he literally has been doing it for, I mean, you guys met Jaime before. Mm -hmm. He's the man. Jaime went out of town, uh, went on vacation, uh, two weeks ago for a week. And we had, he makes all the dough. He makes blah, blah, blah. And I know how to make dough, obviously, but I haven't made it in a long time. And our guy, Seth, and you guys know Seth too. So Seth was making dough that week and something was off like and we still haven't really identified what was off i mean i think it spun too long or whatever i don't know but it was it there were issues and i'm talking issues where like i go to stretch and boop, the whole thing just kind of comes apart and i think what it was i think people were balling it wrong I, it, yeah so there, there's now pizza is on paper the most simple thing possible right from a it's very simple Right, you got dough and you got toppings, and then you bake it, and then it's good to go. Now, what makes a great pizza, I think, is is the like we're talking about the amount of time on 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 people's dough, the amount of all these things, and uh, you know what are you going to use to bake it, and you know tech, different techniques, a different ingredient, right? Um, which makes it very very complicated. So there's thousands of different, not thousands, there's hundreds of different flours you can use. I started using caputo, which is the typical Neapolitan flour, but the problem with caputo is. The weed is grown in the United States, and then it's put on a container uh, and goes to Miami or New Jersey, and then it goes to Naples, and then they they mill it in Naples. But who knows how long it's in a, you know, in Miami or New Jersey, and who knows how long it's in a container? Who knows how long it's in Naples for, right? And then it has to come back to the states. So what happens is the flour overages because flour has a shelf life. You don't want to use flour over a year old. You just don't. Sure. I mean, you get you want to use flour less than a year. So. I was having at the very beginning, we used Camputo because to be VPN certified, which we are, which is a kind of like DOC or DOCG, if you're any wine drinkers, it's certified by the Italian government, which says that we are legit by Italy. So for whatever that is. So, but I, so I was using Caputo and this is 15 years ago or whatever, and it was just not working. It was just not working. So I called my guys. Inconsistent. So inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, I was doing head to heads. I was, I was like, let's try this bag with this bag. And I was looking at serial numbers and I was looking at dates and I was like, and it's like, geez, this, this pizza's, this dough is pretty good. This dough is flat. It would not react the same way. So I talked to the folks in California where I bought my oven from Muyaini, Andrea Muyaini, and she just passed away, unfortunately. Um, and they're like, well, Kabuto sucks because of what I just described. Right. Um, and we think you should use Gusto's. And so I started using this flour from that's milled for me and is very fresh and blah, blah, blah. Say Gusto. Yeah, better take a note. <laughs> <laughs> I use a spirit. Yeah, this is, so I use American, so like finding, I guess my point with all that is you got to know where your product comes from. If you're going to be doing certain, the volume that, you know, 
we're doing at this table and you're it, you got to know exactly you got to dial in all those all the little things even though it's simple you still got to know okay what exactly like how is this going to react and blah 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 so i haven't changed the dough i changed the dough recipe the first year probably 13 to 20 times and we've had the same dough recipe since literally for 13 years so um that's a long-winded story about that <laughs> you don't have to do baseball now like that's it's a yeah. no that was perfect because I, I think I really wanted to get into how making dough is really a science and it requires a ton of trial and error. And when people go to Dante or Virtuoso and they say, why am I paying $22 for a pizza when I can go to Little Caesars and get a $5? No offense to Little Caesars, it has its time and place, but the high schooler making that pizza has not spent 15 years working on their recipe, has not you know, trained somebody to use a wood-fired oven. It's just, it's a different level of product. And I think that's what makes you so amazing, Matt, is we just talked about what an arduous process it is to create dough that that works. And you found a way to bring this to the public in like the simplest way possible. When you were thinking about starting Urban Slicer Pizza Company, like how did you even have that idea in your head that this was something that was a possibility? Uh, it was sort of born out of necessity at first because I was teaching classes. Um, so we, our company turned three in June, but it was really like a five or six year journey leading up to that. And basically R and D, I didn't know I was doing R and D when I first started, but, um, you know, that's, that's what it became. I'm a very fickle person, so I don't like being boxed into just one style. So I was making pan pizzas and New York styles and grilling pizzas and stuff like that. And, um, so I, I think I've tried every flour from every mill that you can buy as a consumer, uh, through that whole process. And it really is all about the ingredients that, that are in there. We're, when you look at us, see, what'd you call me? The better Betty Crocker. Betty Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at us on the shelf next to a Betty Crocker or somebody else that makes a, a mass scale pizza dough, the first thing that sticks out is the price. We're a premium product. It's more expensive, but a lot of that has to do with the ingredients that we're procuring. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking at things like where and how it's milled. Um, and, you know, not all flours are created equal. One all-purpose flour is not the same as another all-purpose flour or one bread flour is not the same as yeah. another bread flour. It's very important to choose a flour based on what you're making, whether it's bread, pizza, calzones, you know, what, whatever it is you're making. So... My, my whole journey was really, um, I was teaching these classes. I was looking for a pantry ready product that I could just take and have ready to go and not have to weigh out ingredients every single time. Cause a lot of times I'm traveling, couldn't find it. So I was literally just putting it in baggies for myself. Um, and then decided to try and productize it. And, um, our, we got stupid lucky with timing. The home cooking explosion happened during the pandemic. Tell her how many stores you're in right now. Uh, we just went over 4,000 stores. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's grown. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's grown pretty quickly. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, I knew nothing about the logistics business. We do all our own distribution and stuff like that. It's a whole other story. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's really how it was born for me. And we have four different blends of dough mixes. They're all completely different, different flowers, different purposes, um, and and they're different because of the ingredients that are inside. Now, I had a pizza maker tell me something one time, and it's it's something that I've ascribed to, and I want to run it by you guys to see if it passes the smell test. And they said that you judge any pizzeria by its cheese pizza because there's the three most quality ingredients that define pizza are the crust, like we talked about, the dough slash crust, the sauce, and the cheese. Once you start just piling stuff on top, then, you know, you kind of, the more stuff you pile on top, the more you get away from the essence of what pizza is. Do you guys ascribe to that theory that the cheese slice is the defining slice? I do. I mean, cheese is simple. If you can't nail simple, then you can't nail anything else. Yeah, it's a basic thing. If you go to a, an Italian restaurant, you don't, you know, order the steak or something, you just get a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs and try that. Nick, I think the steak yeah. at Dante is great. Ah, the record. But, you know, that's how I would judge it. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's how I would judge it. You know, Next you're going, well, I need to re reformulate my steak. Well, you just go simple, you know. What, what's the yeah. simplest thing on this guy's menu, you know? No, yeah, I mean. Maybe it's the cow chill pepper. I don't know. 
No, but the, I agree. Like the cheese margarita pizzas. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, but I can tell with uh, any any pizza if it's going to be good or not. I think if from the dough standpoint, kind of from looking just from looking like that. Yeah. Well, well, not from looking. I mean, yes, I get. I mean, um, I knew immediately. For example, we had so our oven was. I walked up and grabbed a piece of pizza when I got here, and I was like, I took a look at it, and I was like, Ah, the oven's a little under temp. I see, and uh, and. Sorry, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I was like, I do it. What's the story? Why is that on this? And um, we had a little, but I, yes, it could tell right away. I, I stole all the heat from his oven, is what he's saying. No, yeah, we, we, I did. Somebody didn't put the lid on our oven last night, so it let all the, all the heat out, which is really, it rarely happens. But it's all these little integral things that like make the product great, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I have a ball dialed in. I think a margarita pizza is the best way to, to figure out if, uh, if it's a legit pizza place or not. Um, which like is for, the which is the world's best cheese yeah. pizza? If you, yeah, yeah, totally. If yeah. if they have yeah, margarita, yeah, that's the cheese pizza you get. You get I mean, the margarita. There's, there's joints in Italy like a lot that only serve margarita and marinara pizza. I wish I could like, get away with that. I wish I could get away with that. I wish I could get away without cutting pizza. Yeah, right. They just fold it. Yeah, and this, you know. no, we did it with a fork and knife. Oh, well. like yeah, you gotta ask for you gotta ask them to cut it if you go to Naples. You could just force that. Then you can do it. No, I do, but it's like, but I also like to make money. You know, we also got to pay our bills. You know what I mean? Because we've, we've tried, like we've done that. We have on the menu. Hey, uh, please ask for a cut. And it just doesn't translate, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't. You need an app. These people, we need an app, you know, push here if you want to cut. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? I, I'm with these guys. I think a cheese pizza is, is, uh, that's, that's the standardization uh, measurement for me when I go in a pizzeria, but I'm tasting the dough. I'm tasting the sauce. Is it well balanced? Is it acidic? Is the cheese a high fat, fat content cheese and melty? Or uh, you know, you can you can really tell the quality of all those things when you just put those three together. So yeah, yep. See I'm with these guys. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Nice. All right, next thing we got to talk about, MOPA, which is the Metro Omaha Pizza Alliance. So, I actually, before you started this, David, I had you on the podcast about a year and a half ago, maybe well, maybe yeah. a little longer. Yeah. But you described it as, <clears throat> the idea is to build a community of like-minded businesses that network, uplift, and celebrate each other through pizza. It's a pretty darn good business statement, if I don't say so myself. <clears throat> Where did the idea come from, and why were you so passionate about bringing Omaha's pizza restaurants together? Well, these are two of the first guys I, I kind of ran it by Frampton, and I ran it by Straw Hecker. <clears throat> Actually, it was a little brainchild of mine 20 years ago. I wanted to get the Solomio Anthony's in the Greek Islands to kind of unite in like a, a community of, of chefs and cooks because you get a lot of burnout that goes on. It's high turnover. So I'll make these guys kind of all trained in the same, same level, have a little bit of pride. I don't want to get off track, but that was kind of where it started, right? So here I am fast forward, and I got this pizza place that I, you know, I do, and people always there's the internet everybody's in competition this that and the other and so i thought one of the best ways to shatter any stereotypes was to bring everybody that well, I, I invited maybe like 56 pizzerias i think we got 18 that were like yeah i believe in this i'll do this okay so what it is is just like you said like-minded individuals and a pizza community that uh we meet we brush ideas off each other you were all independent um, so sometimes you go through things and you think, 
how does how does Dante do it? You know, what is he? What's his secret? You know, how'd Frampton get to where he is? I wanna I wanna do that. You know, so <clears throat> this is a a little platform to kind of just you know meet up. We uh, Dante hosted one. I posted one. We'll have a. I said we had three or two. Oh, it's been Frank's Pizzeria. Frank's Frank's hosted the second one. He hosted the third one. Frampton's gonna have us in his backyard next. But you know, just you know, have people come together, talk about not just pizza but business. And then we we just had at our last little panel discussion, you know, like we're gonna get a little web presence going, put almost like a, a workplace up there because I'm always looking for somebody. You know, every pizza that's been made at Virtuoso, we'll say. If there was a thousand pizzas made at Virtuoso, nine hundred and ninety-seven of them have been made by myself or my son, no, for six years. Right? People come; they have to they have to pass like the pizza test for me. You know, I'm not going to serve it if it doesn't get my little seal. So, there's been you know some pizza. I used to make them. This is funny, real quick. If they burned a pizza or couldn't do it right, I would make them take it to the Akarat next door and introduce themselves, and they'd be like, "Hi, hi, hi I'm David, and uh, I." burnt this pizza so so here you guys go you know and you know ben made is a friend of mine so we we have fun with that but you know so it's hard finding help so we want to have like a little so if somebody comes in and they're at dante and they're like hey i got pizza experience but he's not looking for somebody he can send them to the platform or he knows i'm looking for somebody and go hey go down to virtuoso and you know kind of not be in it so much alone and then also do you know bringing in quality products getting them more readily available because you know, a lot of the things that I order, I'm sure you order, always special order. You know, they're like, you got to be, you got to get a pallet or you have seven to 10 days or be on a certain number a week. So they'll bring them in for you. Sometimes if you get one or two other people, then you get more product and we can get the price a little more stable and down. So that's my plan. I love it. I find it a fascinating idea because on the service level, you guys are competitors. No, never. Yes. Yeah. Oh, maybe Wait. the surface. Okay. Wait. I'll give you that. <laughs> yes. And then you can, can me. Yeah. Take what I'm about to yeah. say and throw it in the trash. Yeah. You can stuff me like the Kimbe Mujibo. Yeah. Yes. But on the surface level, you guys are competitors because if I'm, let's say I talk to my wife and we say, yeah, we're going to get pizza tonight. Let's get pizza from Virtuoso. That means we're not getting a pizza from Dante. We're not going to pizza from Moots. We're not making pizza with Urban Sizer. On that level, you are competitors because you are competing for people's business. But you have taken the approach that, hey, we want to make everyone better. And we believe if we're siloed, we are not better. We're trying to make the Omaha pizza community better. 100%. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, because I hate being, you know, people, oh, you got the best pizza, you know, the best. You know, like, first of all, best is subjective. We should all agree on that. Like, if you grew up on Pizza Hut, that's your pizza, you know. It's one of the best compliments I got was this kid. He was about nine years old. And he ate up my pizzeria. I think I told this to you. And he told me, man, this was probably the second best pizza I have ever eaten. If if your sauce tasted like Pizza Hut, it would have been the best pizza I ever had. <laughs> I really love how you put the soda in these bottles. This is great. You know, so I was like, OK, this, you know, this is a win for me because that kid's heart was with Pizza Hut. So yeah, it's subjective. Awesome. I don't I don't ever wake up ever monetizing my day as far as what I need to sell. And I never think I'm competing with anybody else. I, I go with uh, life as math, right? And we're almost a million people in the area here. You do the math. There's enough pizza for everybody. There's plenty of money in our market, so I totally agree. I, and also, like, so, you know, when David created, you know, the, P, the pizza the pizza association, it, it was at a time when there was a lack of community with restaurants in Omaha, you know, because it was right after the pandemic. Yeah. If not during, it was right, yeah, right up, right in twenty. Maybe but during, you we we, talk, you're, we yeah, we were like, hey, let's do this. And like I mean, community had like restaurant community at Omaha just kind of, I mean, in my experience, just kind of fractured. It just seemed to be everybody. It was it was dog eat dog. You know what I mean? It's like it just it it kind of felt that way. It was survival. At that it point. was total. So there was no time for community. I mean, there was only time for community within your own restaurant, I suppose, and. um you know, for better or worse. And then, you know, David, I was like, that's a great idea, man. And, you know, uh, it's been really, it's been really uh, cool. I think it's just like starting to get cool, right? Like yeah. It's people are, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to have some little rules and stuff. Like you can't just show up to one 
Got to show up to two. Bylaws. Yeah, bylaws. And, and Matt's going to help us with that because he's, <laughs> he's very smart. And we got some other things down the down the way coming. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely a, yeah. a community thing. So pizza in general, I belong to a big pizza community at the International Pizza Expo. And everybody at the pizza places are, you know, when you go there, they're just like, hey, we're all here. We're all doing the same thing. So it's kind of like that on a little micro level. And there's a few other places that, you know, Vegas has a, a pizza alliance and, and some other things. And real quick to your point about competition, uh, Izzy, Izzy's Pizza Bus is here, his family, his, his parents over here, uh, or her parents, um, the sheriff's parents. But, yeah, so, you know, I shout out to everybody that's, you know, in the alliance and beyond, but I tried to get him, I'm like, hey, you're, you should, you're, you're kind of outgrowing that bus, maybe a little brick and mortar, got a spot for you, where at? right next door to me he's like you would be okay with the pizzeria right next door to you I'm like well you know have you ever seen a burger king and a mcdonald's not next to each other and <laughs> if you go to a big city there's probably you know well new york how about that there's pizzerias all over so you just would bring more pizza to the area the thing that i find fascinating about the pizza alliance is we don't see anything else like this with any other food group like there's no burger alliance there's no taco alliance like I actually just had a guy uh, on my podcast who opened a barbecue joint here in Omaha recently, and he moved up from Texas, and he was kind of lamenting. He felt that community in Texas and was was looking for it here. What what do you think it is about the pizza community? What is it about you guys and the other members of the alliance that, that brings you together in a way that other restaurant groups aren't? I, mean, I think what David just described um, really – just speaks to the the whole goal and that there's a, a solid argument to be made that together we're just a we're better businesses um we learn from each other there's more awareness and by the way 56 independent pizzerias yet you reached out to yeah even I mean, council bluffs like pizza king and yeah, yeah it's just a just that's a, that's a very high number no i was in a town i thought like let's see if we can get yeah how many 20 30 yeah 18 yeah. you know well, a lot of aren't interested either. There are a lot that aren't interested. Yeah, and some of them just blow you off. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Where they think, I don't I need your pizza. Let's see. Yeah. 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 I, like, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't all, honestly, like, I think the community thing for me is just come, kind of come with age. Um, and it's all, I, because when I was younger, I was like, oh, I don't need, I know how to do everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't need anybody. You know, it's, it's like, it ain't, it's not the, it's just not correct. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an ignorant young man's way of thinking that um, you got to fight everybody to be able to win. I think it's just, it's a lot more fun to be friends and it's a lot more yeah, fun. It's, to, way easier, it, it's right? just way, it's, and it's, there's plenty of money for everybody. And it's yeah. like, and the reason pizza I think works, Dan, is because there's so many different styles of pizza. Yeah. And, and, and Omaha's really spread out. And um, I mean, like, and, Virtuoso. I mean, we are completely different with what we do. Yeah, completely different. Well, even like David, you mentioning Moots coming or not Moots? Um, Moots. Izzy's coming and moving next door to me. Different. A Detroit style pizza and a New York style pizza are they're basically different food groups. They have they have dough and sauce and cheese. Other than that, they are vastly different dishes. Yeah. Plus, once you have two or three, like you know, Chicago and New York, uh, Detroit and Neapolitan. Imagine if you could just go to. Benson, and there'd be like four awesome pizzerias, and you'd be like, "We're kind of in heaven, right?" Yeah, like a pizza. Yeah, yeah it almost be like going to North Beach in San Francisco. You know, yeah. They got a half a dozen of them in four blocks or five blocks. And for me, joining was a no-brainer because I mean, I don't have a restaurant. Obviously, um, I do a little bit of consulting for some restaurants here and there, so I'm learning from these guys. But just to be part of it and help um, bring more awareness to the pizza community in Omaha. Um, I, I know David has big ideas and, and, uh, feelings about where this can head. And so do I, Yeah, Nick does as well. I mean, I, I think it is just in the beginning, right? Oh yeah. Infant stage <clears throat> could be very, very cool for, for all of them. Yeah. If we organize the right way and people, yeah. you know, right now I'd say there's 18 that are spiked interest. We've had three meetups and a few, you know, like, uh, group things and, uh, maybe like 60%, I think, active, you know. So my goal is to get these other ones, you know, some bylaws and say, hey, listen, we're all here to help. It, it's, you know, I hate when people say, 
oh, you're so, it's so far. I, I, I can't go there. You know, like, really? Like, and we're almost 15 minutes anywhere in this town. Yeah. You yeah. know, you want some traffic, go to a, go to L.A. Okay. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on the forever five. But, you know, so it's about time and commitment. And if you, you know, plan accordingly, you know, these things don't just pop up. We, we set them usually like a month in advance, you know, five weeks. So everybody has time to prepare. Last live podcast that I had, we I had Brett and Cherish from Izzy's on, and Brett had a line that he said. He said, "Whether I'm eating good or bad pizza, you learn from you learn something every time you eat it." Do you guys find that to be true? I mean, are we talking about the pizza that I made, or what are we talking about? Are you Sometimes I just learned I think, that some people make bad pizza. I, well, that, that might be <laughs> I mean, going. You know, he, he was talking about anytime he goes out and eats pizza, even if it's not his favorite pizza, he, he can have a disappointing pizza. He's still learning something from that that can influence what he does to his pizza or influences his pizza palate. I, I agree with that. My better clarity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's always something to learn. If you're not learning, you're not really trying. You know, yeah. we do a GBD at our pizzeria which allows for get better daily. Maybe the food doesn't have to get better, but it's a delivery system or an application of the front of the house or something that you just over time, you know, so we're in year six and I'm still finding different ways to get better at things, you know, like, hey, GBD now, we're going to stack these this way instead of this way. You know, like little light bulbs go off to make it easier and more, you know, more fluid. That's what you want. And consistent. It's all about consistency, right? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. That's what I learned the most is. Yeah consistency portion control you know you're not going to come to our pizzeria and go oh man that was so cheesy and then the next time it wasn't cheesy it's all just like a a ratio cheese to topping the sauce kind of thing you know it's and it's all weighed out every day so um yeah i mean i i I traveled i I, learning about i mean learning about food is uh is, is is my favorite thing to do. Um, so yeah, no. I, I I don't know if I'd say that about pizza, but learn about food generally. Yeah, um, I uh, constantly traveling to learn about food in our fair town and and beyond. Yeah, great. I do the same. I love it. You know, yep. I learn I learn I learn some of my best stuff actually when I go to other people's kitchens and you get to travel. Even if it's traveling two hundred and fourth or you're in Long Island or wherever you're Italy, you you go. Oh man, this is so awesome to be in this guy's kitchen right now and you, you just learn things that you don't normally you're not exposed to because your way is usually like what's an example of that <clears throat> i would say the way i opened my 20 inch pies when i went to long island for instance i i learned with some really great guys um i was doing for another project i'm doing and we did some demos and all these people came and one of them was a guy named andrew belushi belucci um he helped bring back lombardo's pizza and kind of a New York legend, and I had a talk with him. You know, I kind of leaned in and we talked for a minute, and it's like a seven-minute conversation about how he thought uh, a certain time of fermentation before you push the pizza out into the pan was actually the best way to do it and then let it rise in the cooler for another day and a half, and that's optimal pizza. So I applied that. I was like, oh, wow. But I also learned from a guy named Michael Vittorio, or Michael Esposito of Vittorio's Pizza, Mike's Underground, uh, I just, I learned how to do Neapolitan style pizza. So when I opened up the, the pizzeria, I was like, I'm in 21 bars and five, six blocks. What's going to fly here? You know, not pan pizzas. Cause those take too long. I was fresh back from San Francisco. They had a lot of windows. I'm like, I'm going to put a window in here. And so I, I d- had to do slices. So I would open pies like this and sometimes spin them. And then Esposito was like, you know, this just take the bottom and you just kind of, you just go like this with it and, and spin it at the same time, but like this and, and not from the middle. And and I did that and I feel like the bottom of our pizzas are, you know, a lot better. Distributed more, more evenly. Yeah, well, you don't have that little thin spot that yeah. you sometimes get from a knuckle or a, a, a drag when you, you catch it and it mm-hmm. sags and, oh man, you know. Yeah. And you don't want to throw every dough ball out like that, you know. Rather just lose a slice. Yeah. Than a puck. Yeah. You know, so depends but that's you know learning from other people in their kitchens best way to learn i mean you can give me a book actually i got a book and i read it and i was like i can't figure out how to make this pizza and this pizza is horrible so i went i went to yeah i went to the the pizza school in san francisco and it was like let me learn how to do this yeah we're, so not, I, we're not some doctors up here yeah uh, i can barely read as it is i mean but that's so anyway 
I'm the same way, man. Yeah, I'm the same way, 100. percent I got to got to learn by doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And fail and mistakes. Yeah, that's right. Mistakes. Yeah, mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes. Yeah. 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 yeah, we fail a lot. Everybody's like, "Oh, you ever wreck a pizza?" Absolutely, I wreck a pizza. Oh, you just never see them, you know. Right. So I wrecked two out there today. <laughs> I wrecked the first one. I landed it right, you know, and I pulled back. It was so hot that it, it stuck to the peel. You know, I was sitting out in the soldier for a second, and I shot it, and I was like, oh, well, there's a little. Yeah. You know, so. From the game. Yeah. I, I think I served it anyway, you know. And it was just a whole in, and so somebody got always heat. It's really tasty. That's a fun yeah. Save that one for my dad. Yeah, there it's you like, go. Oh, the burned one. Dave, Dave, don't have I want to talk a little a little bit about authenticity, and I think you guys are perfect to talk about that because David and Matt, you guys are both certified pizza aiolos who graduated from Tony Gemignani's. Sorry about that. Breaking everything up here. <laughs> uh, International School of Pizza, which is now sadly closed, but you guys are certified from there. And Nick, you you mentioned Dante's certified um, VPN and everything. So and I am too. And you are too? Yes. By the same organization. By the same organization. Nick's been on the cover of Pizza Today. Yes. This is true. Nick is legit. My number one news source. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you're not getting your news from Pizza Today, do it. You just don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so my overall point in saying all this is you guys are people who have dedicated a lot to the craft of pizza, and you clearly see that there's 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 a right way to make pizza, and you wanted to learn from the people who've done this. So how important is authenticity to pizza? Oh, for like our pizzas, like to what we just, do at our joint or just in general? I want to say in general. We'll start off in general. Mm. It just depends on the context. So like if I'm at, but if, if it depends on the context, hundred percent. Like, okay, tell me why. Uh, if I'm eating at a Neapolitan pizza place and, well, let me tell you this, this place, that place in, um, God, I can never mm-hmm. Okay, I went to this very well-known place in Naples a couple months ago, outside Frank of Naples. Pepe. Frank Pepe, yeah. yeah. And um, it was authentic, but like um, doing very, very different things. And it was a, I think we did a seven-course pizza tasting menu. So maybe not traditional authentic. Not, tra- not traditional authentic, but yeah, exactly, based on authenticity <clears throat> and based on, and I was like, what? And I didn't, frankly, I was like, I mean, I've just eaten so much pizza that, like, at that trip, I, I didn't really want to do it. To be honest with you, because it's like I'm like really we're doing it. Like, wow, why? Because I didn't make a first world problem, right? Well, I've eaten so much pizza. I don't need any more pizza. I, I didn't even want to say that, but like, uh, because <laughs> it, it, the trip it was a wine trip. So, but like, Mark, my friend, made the reservation. He's telling me about it. I'm like, and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. And then we went, and it was absolutely magical. It was absolutely amazing. It was a kitchen table, right? On, on the- uh, that show on Netflix, yeah. Uh, and it was absolutely fantastic, but it was all based on authentic. It was authentic, but it was not traditional. I didn't even know how to describe it. It was so different, mm. but it was so fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. I actually woke up the next day and I was going to go back before I jumped on my plane. Yeah. Um, all that's the most important to me personally is, is it delicious or not? That's it. That That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Um, now Tony would kill me if he sees this podcast, right? Because his his mantra is respect the craft. Right? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, I do and, respect the craft. Um, and one of the reasons I went to go to the International School of Pizza is to sort of have some credentials behind me, lose the, oh, it's a barbecue dude trying to make pizza That's stigma, which was which was hanging around. And, and even Tony, like, the all week, he's like, it's not a brisket, boy. You know? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I, I love the authenticity. I love eating it. Um, but I am one who encourages fusion in pizza, Asian style, you know, toppings, you know, the, the buffalo chicken pizzas and that kind of stuff, trying out different styles as long as it tastes good. Um, you know, good solid, solid dough, the, the sauce, whatever you're using, the cheese, it's all good quality ingredients. That's what's important to me. Um, uh, but I also love, you know, being able to eat authentic yeah. styles, you know? Yeah. I, I get a knock at our pizzeria because I don't serve ranch. You know, I just keep it keep it <laughs> simple, you know? And people are like, oh, my God, he's so, he hates ranch so bad, you know? I just, I have other toppings, so I just keep it, I keep it a lot more traditional than, than most places. But I also believe pineapple belongs on pizza. That's you great know, on pizza. People are like, oh, my God, pineapple, you're so blasphemy, you know? They're the same people that are like, I hate Mondays. You know, so there was some guy that woke up and he's like, you know what? Mondays and pineapple. 
Monday suck and nobody put pineapple on pizza. Yeah. You know, and so the, some people ran with it's it. It's like the same guy. Yeah, it's the same, same guy. Same type of person. Same, same type of person. Yeah. He's like, you know, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like, I I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. It's like kind of when people say, uh, how you doing? You know, I'll just live in the dream, you know, live in the dream. You know, they say it kind of like, I hate my life. Dude, yeah. you know, it's driving like, crazy too. We all have our choices, you know, and I choose to, to make pizza and I love it. I love making food. Food feeds the soul. Let's be honest. If you make good food, I you can have a pile of money, and I can have a stack of some really good pizzas that I'll get in before you get in. You know, because I'm feeding the soul and the people. They love it. They're like, oh, this is great. You know, so I don't do what I do for money. I don't think any of us really do. Amount of money's you know fundamental part of life. We all need it, but I don't. I don't monetize. Like I said, I don't monetize my day. Or you know, I do have to price food out and stuff. But for what you get for our quality and stuff, I mean. When people, it kills me when they say how expensive we are, or, yeah. you know, can't even get Parmesan cheese on the table, or or they say that I, when I give them Pecorino Romano that it's Parmesan, you know, I'm like, there's I, I, little differences, you know, like sheep's milk and, you know, quality ingredients versus just table ingredients, so, and there's nothing wrong, listen, pizza, that's why I formed the alliance, let me be clear, there's a place for, and I was on Hoppin's podcast before, talking about when you say, is there things to learn? You can learn from like uh, Little Caesars, you know. Yeah. And these these people are massive delivery giants. Uh, pizza Hut, Domino's. You know? Domino's is really just a logistics company that has pizza that they're Domino's delivering. Is pretty great, and I think Little Caesars is pretty great. Yeah, I mean, for what they do, if somebody said I could be on what they developed, yeah, tech, the automation, the everything behind those companies is like next level. Yeah, my so, cousin's actually head of advertising for uh, Domino's. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So okay, so you you guys are. You guys know you guys are all agreeing on that. Tell me why. What what makes Little Caesars and Domino's so great? Well, listen. Anytime you can produce pizza on a level in the what are they a billion? How, how much does do they do? Man, I, I'm so bad with numbers. Well, they're 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 one of the giants, right? So it's the biggest. And if you have a family you know of eight, Casey's is three. Casey's is third. Yeah, really. Casey's yeah. is third, which is it, like I wish I would have had that idea, man. Like, let's make let's have pizza at a gas station, and then that's your place where you get beer ice and pizza in small towns it's the most brilliant thing about town. they have 30 of the market share i got They're the double spot for casey's and did you know they age their dough shut up three-day dough god bless them. i went in there and i picked yeah i picked the brain of the casey's down the street down i yeah. the deal i, 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 I don't like it very much but i'll yeah. eat it but yeah. like i respect it like yeah, it digests well because they you know at least they age the dough wow. yeah yeah wow yeah. Uh, my second job was at Pizza Hut. Oh. <laughs> I'll even talk about that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And uh, we did not age the dough. No, it was, but that was 25 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know. You think Casey's is aging all their dough three days? All of it? Oh, I don't know. They Pro- volume. Probably not the one in the gas station community. Like yeah. Red Oak or something. But I don't know. But hey, it is. They got a great thing, too. You know, yeah. If they said I could be in a gas station serving pizza. Yeah. And you know, people would come and buy it. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. You know. Their breakfast pizza, man. I got a saw. A lot of people love it. I love their breakfast pizza. (laughs) It's so good. The reason that I brought up the topic of authenticity originally is in preparing for this, I went back and watched uh, the show, Netflix show, Ugly Delicious. They they have an episode, uh, Dave Chang, um, the famous chef, celebrity chef, runs that show, and they have an episode devoted to pizza. So I was like, okay, I'll get some pizza insights. I can ask these guys about it. And like the whole show, I felt like was more so, it was less about pizza. It was more so about truly authentic food versus, um, you know, just basic food. Or uh, why can I not think of the, the word like um, blending different foods? Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Thank you guys. I feel really dumb right now. But <laughs> anyway, like they, they almost like they pitted these two ideas against each other. Like you have to choose one or you have to choose the other. And. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just found that kind of weird. I'm like, I'm kind of with you guys where, yeah, I can get down with totally authentic pizza. And I, I want to experience a pizza in Naples where I'm cutting it with my knife and fork. But at the same time, if I just, if I come down to Virtuoso, I'm just as happy eating a taco pizza, which is not authentic at all, as I am having the... Serve a lot of chorizo. Yeah. Uh, you were, oh, it's delicious. Pizza? I will. I need it's special. Oh, I do a taco okay. pizza, but I also put chorizo a little weekly on a pizza gotcha. where I just do, you know. Just a normal Italian pizza with chorizo on it. Yeah, well, we opened on Cinco de Mayo. I married my beautiful wife in Mexico, so I got a little thing for Mexico. Yeah. So. If, and if, 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 if you 
if there were strict rules around people consuming only authentic pizza, there wouldn't even be New York style. There wouldn't be Detroit right. style. But they'd just all be eating Neapolitan. They could be the only ones sitting up here on a pile of money. Yeah. He's like, huh, maybe I should have pushed the So. I think it's, no, I think I go back to, I agree. Context is a taster in art. And I watched that thing too. I know exactly what you're talking about. And he did not like the BPN guy. No, they made him seem like a villain. They really did. Like he was like this just evil lord like sitting up straight and he was like all tight-knit and then they show all these other pizzerias they like having fun and then they show this guy who's just like authentic yeah yeah um and then the domino's thing was kind of funny with that whole yeah dave chang working at domino's for like an hour and by the end of it he was just done yeah hated it (laughs) yeah it it was a funny episode though it was so that kind of brings me to another thought the last i have had a discussion with you dave where you said every pizzeria out there serves a different need can you expound on that what do you mean by that kind of what i was saying earlier about like little caesars you know so there's tiers of pizza obviously price tiers we'll just say if they're price tiers i might be at one of the higher price points but i'm also you know a smaller pizzeria independent so i'm limited on cooler space so supply and demand is a little factor premium ingredients and then you know just food cost so when you have a giant like Little Caesars or Pizza Hut or even we have some here, um, not in the Alliance, but Cops Pizzeria, you know, you can learn a lot from them too. That guy comes from, I think it's a Domino's background or it's one a, of those. So Domino's? I think it is Domino's. It's, it's one of the Pizza Hut or Domino's. Is it Pizza Hut? Yeah. Okay. It, 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 it was one of those two for sure. And, you know, he's, I think on his third restaurant, you know, Frank's Pizzeria, he's in the Alliance and, uh, you know, he's on, I think going into four now. He's got Capital District. He's got one of the one with the Nebraska crossings, his Ralston location, 132nd, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I get in trouble, but like a bowling alley he might be going into. So, you know, he's expanding, and, you know, everybody has different clientele that they're feeding their family with their needs. So, you know, everybody having different price points, you know, you can't compare. I don't, I, I hate when people will. Compare me to other pizzerias, you know. I don't know what you'd be compared to in a wall. Well, no, you see, I, I honestly like I really, but just you know, like there are people that say, "Oh, this is Either good," or this or that, or whatever, you know. And that's the subjective part about the pizza being personal, and then you combine social media with it, and then you got food groups, and you know that you have some that adhere to niceties, and then you have some that are uncensored and unhinged, and then you have, you know, and and for me, uh. Never once have I ever commented. I, that's a lie. One time I sent a guy laughing, crying faces, and then I deleted it, you know, because he said something preposterous. And it's like the first year, and I was like, oh, this guy, you know, and I yeah. just sent him some crying, laughing faces. Then I deleted it, and he was like, oh, getting the owner to, to respond priceless, you know. But that's the only one I've made. Did he screenshot it or something? I don't. He must have. But yeah. the only one, I'm not computer guy at all my wife does everything for me <laughs> you know so it's it's kind of funny because the competition is rooted in people and i don't do the competition yeah but there is food competitions you know people want to enter them keyboard warriors would love competition yeah <laughs> you know so you know everybody there's room for pizza for everybody you know everybody does it at a different level some you know tasty pizza for instance that lady you know mary's a great lady i don't know She's if you guys nice. know her and you know so there's pizza and then there's pizza systems and different things, you know, and I'm available for hire. So Mary hired me to, to help her with the pizza system, you know, and this lady is banging out good product and she's probably, you know, we'll just say she's doing hundreds of pies on a weekend, you know? So if you're doing a hundred, 150 pies and, and you're cranking them out, that's pretty good pizza, you know? So if you're doing 300 or 400, you know, that's really great pizza. So if you can put a system in and you can find a way, you know, Sometimes I say I started out a little bit too high, you know, meaning I can make a lot more consistently affordable pizza, not by really lessening my product, but through uh, what I've learned over the years of a process and a system, you know, and technology, different things. So, you know, you can, you can develop different ways. I I actually, real quick, I'll tell you, uh, there's a guy in Cedar Creek. real quick. (laughs) In Cedar Creek. Cedar Creek that I put in a pizza system for him. He's putting out one pizza every minute. Okay. And it's good quality pizza. 
and he's doing it out of a turbo chef impingement, you know, oven conveyor belt. So, you know, there's a process you have to do to get to there, but you can do it and it just takes time and patience and a system to follow. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Conveyor pizza is a little underrated. Well, if you do it right, yeah. you know, we got Williamsburg Pizza. They're new to the game yep. here. You know, they're, they're, they're running volume. They're volume. They're, you I, know. Talked to, I talked to those guys last, and they're doing some serious. Yeah, right. they are. And that's their motto is modeled after Jimmy John's. They, they went with them. They kind of rebranded and I call it a franchise, you know, and uh, Aaron's a good guy. He, he met with Nino Coniglio about, I don't know, eight years ago. They got five successful pizzerias now. And they, these people from the Jimmy John's came, ate their pizza, liked it, seen the similarities in concept and delivery. So on 168th and Harrison, they built right next to their Jimmy John's adjacent the same building. Walk in this door, it's Jimmy John's walking in here, and it's, you know, the Williamsburg Pizza. And, you know, end game for those guys is definitely to get into the market share of franchising, you know. So they built a, a system, a pizza system. So they're still putting out quality pizza. Mm-hmm. They just are putting it out of a conveyor belt, and it's a little bit different texture and what you're used to probably. A traditional pizza, back to traditional kind of deal, but still good pizza. You know, it's just like, what's your mood? You want thick, thin, crispy, you know, a little char? We've got all those pizza, yes. All right. We're running a little bit up against the clock here, but I want to hit you guys. I told with, you would fly by. <laughs> I want to hit you guys with some pizza quick hitters. So five words or less for each of you. One pizza... Yeah, good luck. <laughs> One pizza topping for the rest of your life. What is it? Can I just say I would eat margarita pizza the rest of my life and leave that be my topping, like basil and, and buffalo mozzarella? Just say margarita. Margarita. So, nailed it. Margarita. Margarita. Uh, meatball. Mm, right. I love meatball pizza. Meatball pizza is good. I, I, yeah. Uh, if the especially meat- at, 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 if the tasty know, meatballs, especially yeah. is yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Meatball pizza is not bad. We might have done that. It's a weird. One. Weird. I love meatball pizza. Weirdest pizza topping that you enjoy. Depends on who you're asking. I mean, I put quick. Asking you, I put the wild. <laughs> I don't think any pizza toppings weird. I mean, I put crickets on pizza once for a buck symposium up in Benson. So, you know, they were edible crickets, but so maybe go with crickets. That's pretty weird. Uh, that's pretty pretty weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. No, we put chicken livers, and it sells. They sell really well. We put chicken livers in really liver and lemon. Now, wow, okay. I guess that's kind of. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's definitely different. different. Blue banero jam from Chili Dogs. Ooh, that is definitely blueberries and habanero. Yes, they make awesome spicy jams. They're really good on pizza. Okay, take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, favorite. Now, th- this is interesting because I think. Your favorite style of pizza might not necessarily be the one that you serve. So, favorite style of pizza? Neapolitan. That one I knew. Yeah. Same. Neapolitan. Yeah. Chicago Cracker Theater. The Tavern style. I like it. They think I'm actually going to be bringing that back to the pizzeria because yes. I was originally hand rolling them. I got a little roller now. So, yeah, that'll make, make it easier. You know, less on my hands. Yeah. Five words. <laughs> Best pizza you've ever eaten. <laughs> or best restaurant you've eaten pizza from? I'll go. Uh, the New Yorker from Tony Gemignani's spot is my favorite. I can't answer that truthfully because it's all about an experience when you walk into a place. So, I mean, I've had some really great experiences, and I, I, I don't feel I can ever pick just one, to be honest. I mean, I like that answer. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I got to say that Frank Pappy place a couple months ago was like out of this world. All right, last question I got for you guys before we go into the Q&A period is that Omaha's pizza scene has grown so much in the last few years. I mean, just in the last year alone, we've gotten Izzy's Pizza Bus, Lyle's Pizzeria, you mentioned Williamsburg Pizzeria. Um, they, they've all joined. We've got Moots and Dolomiti are going to be opening later this year. And these are like quality pizza spots. What does it say to you that these new pizza shops are ones that truly – care about the craft just keep opening up in a law is this another five words or less no 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 this, okay go ahead <laughs> and expound maybe don't go for 20 minutes i i think generally speaking it's a testament to what a foodie town we have um you know i i omaha is headed the way of austin texas um music food it's 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 gotten so 
popular and um, just over the last 10 years or so. So on the pizza side, I mean, I really honestly, it's probably just getting started, but it's just, I think, following the trend of just just foodie culture here in Omaha, which is, I mean, it's not this way in every city. Yeah, we're pretty lucky here. Yeah. You know, and I encourage everybody to open up a pizzeria. (laughs) <laughs> no, I just like eating pizza that I don't have to make, you know. It's like, hey, so I'm eat some good pizza I don't have to make. So. I mean, to what you guys just said, we've got 80, 85, 90, I don't know how many people are here right now, but they're here for a podcast to to talk to, to listen to people talk about pizza. So I think that is amazing. And again, I want to thank everybody who came out tonight. I want to thank you guys for taking your time. I mean, we talked about this is you guys' day off. Monday's... I mean, day off. I know the day off is yeah. a loose term, but the, your restaurants are not open, and you chose to take that time, come out and cook pizza, and then come in here and talk about it. So thank you so much for, for giving me your time today, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for being a good ambassador of the food community, Dan. Yeah. Seriously, Dan. Yeah. I mean, you and Stacy. Yeah, Stacy Winters also. Sarah Baker, Hanset. I mean, we don't have, it's just not, it's very important to have these kind of things. Yeah, even and David Zorko for Fatter Day, you know, he's coming yeah. out oh, yeah. different places. So oh, we, I, yeah. I, I, I would really appreciate you. And, I yeah, thank you so much for having us. Dan's a great ambassador for food in general. Yeah. Right? Well, and just being a happy, smart, nice person. And being a nice, just being like. Is- yeah, I, didn't, I never I said smart. I, I, I meant to, no, but obviously you're smart, but yeah, happy and like kind and like, and not everybody has to, it's, you're, well, we it's, you're it. not a food reviewer. You're, that's not what you do. You, you're, you're just telling people what you think and then people can make their own decision and review it on their own. Right. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool. Yep. Agreed. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Thank you. Oh, still clap for me. Stop talking out of me. Clap for yourselves. All right. We'll, we'll end the podcast portion there. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.